Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 145 with my friend, Mariah Goodell. You guys, you might remember Mariah if you listened to the summer series and I was talking about making new friends. You can hear pretty much an entire episode um, about how we met and uh, what unique circumstances those were. Have you ever met somebody on Instagram and then met them in real life? in real life. Um, so go check that out if you want to before or after this episode. I don't think it actually bears any weight on understanding anything. But then we had a wonderful conversation because there's so much about uh, people you don't know that you meet recently met, right? Or like those conversations that you don't have um, like organically, right? Like in the first year you know someone, when are you going to talk about... Uh, who they liked in college or something. You know, there's just these random conversations. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Why don't you listen for yourself? This is my friend, Mariah. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? Do you remember the drill? Mm-hmm. My cans. I do wish they were bigger. That would make me... I wish they were, like, really big. That would make me feel like... I will put that on my list of things to upgrade. Yeah. I mean, they don't have to be better. Just, like, you could even add, I don't know, half a wiffle ball on the outside or something. And then I'd feel like... these clip off? Like we were on TV. I had an old pair that used to clip off. Mm. Then you could, I guess, maybe get some custom ones that are bigger. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind some bigger ones just so it looks more like That's your, what I'm saying. It's like know. the ones on, you see on a dun, 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 Twitch. Dun, on Twitch. You watch a lot of Twitch, do you? I've never been on Twitch. <laughs> never been on Twitch. What a fun reference you just made that you don't use. <laughs> you know, like Twitch. Like people on Twitch. There's, um, uh, on How Did This Get Made, one of the guys does stream some of his podcasts on Twitch. He's like, everybody... It's ju- it's free. It's not scary. It's just YouTube, you guys. That's true. So that's why I know that. I thought I always yeah. think it's like a <clears throat> an Video easy games? and lost system for people to make money that play video games all day. I.e., my brother-in-law. Like, if mm-hmm. you're gonna play video games ten hours a day, even if you don't think you're very good or you're interesting or anything, you could still get like some viewers just. Based on numbers. <laughs> like mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're playing that much, someone's going to watch you play. Mm-hmm. So that's how it works. I'm going to turn these up a little. Well, that's how Twitch started, wasn't it? It was just a... Uh, Video games Yeah, so that people could watch other people. I don't... Does it do other things now? I've, I mean, I think you can stream whatever you want. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I just... I always assume it's mostly video games. Oh, it might still be. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, do you... I have a Twitch account. Oh, do you? I've... Don't know if I've ever logged into it. Oh. Oh. Um, all right. I digress. Hi. Hey. <laughs> Let's talk Mariah. Um, so I don't know what you know and what you don't know, but I normally start these out with how I know people. Mm-hmm. I do know. I've listened. Which, I've listened to the fan of the pod. <laughs> Happy to be here. Oh, thanks. Um, and friend of the pod because you've already been on it. Friend and I, I guess that also is 
if you want to know how I met Mariah, <laughs> listen to that fucking episode. That's <laughs> a fair point. Um, F-bomb right out the gate. I'm trying to be more cognizant of my language. Okay. Only because Erica's like, sometimes it's hard to listen to you because you swear a lot. And I was like, oh, no. A lot of profanity. Yeah. I don't think about it too much. And it's all context. And when we're doing this, I feel comfortable. And I just. There you go. There you go. Okay. It's not like I'm in a therapy session being like, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, short story. We met via Instagram and, and then real life IRL if mm -hmm. you will going back to our Twitch conversation no one will ever hear and um and here we are is that October of last year no yeah probably because it was Sorry, around it was trivia time October or November yeah mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. coming up on a year <sighs> what a year it's been have to get get you a wood paper I don't know what's the year uh, I think it is paper Perfect. I think it's paper Here's a, I'm going to rip this up. That's right. Here you go. Mm -hmm. um, and this is fun for me. I'm so excited about this because there's a world of things I don't know about you. Um, I'm so surprised because usually you talk to people who are more acquaintances or distantly acquainted. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Mm. Not necessarily. Okay. No. Mm. No. <laughs> depends season five it's off the rails it mm. could be anybody mm -hmm. um i'm really leaning in on that yeah but this no this isn't too uncommon but it is some of my favorites because i like whereas i, I like talking to people that i've never like don't know anything about because then i get to like really dive in and be like who's this person mm -hmm. but it's even more fun with uh friends of mine because then i'm like oh let's go over the stuff that like just wouldn't come up in typical casual conversation right um so with that, mm -hmm. we'll rewind. I do know some stuff. Yeah. Grew up in Florida. Yep. Moved to, over to the west side of the state and to some mountainous states, mm -hmm. Utah and Colorado. Yep. Made your way here. Yep. I know your husband. Yep. <laughs> I'm a little fuzzy on number of siblings, but we'll get there. Right. So let's go all the way back. You're born. Are you born in Florida? No, I was. Oh, see, we're know. already learning. <laughs> you didn't know. So I was born in uh, Connecticut, born in Greenwich, Connecticut. Oh, Waspy. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very. You just <laughs> don't even know. Uh, so yeah, so born in Greenwich, Connecticut, and then lived in Stamford, Stamford, and don't Fairfield. Don't put that in there. <laughs> yes, Stamford and um, Fairfield, and then we moved to Miami. How old were you when you left Connecticut? So I uh, was in Miami for first, no, second and third grade. Okay. So you, you were in Connecticut like a little bit, mm -hmm. like six, seven years. Yeah. Ooh. I know. You have memories of that? I have amazing memories of that. Oh, that's fun. Um, sibling wise, where are you? Middle. Okay. Which is? And there's one younger, one older? Yes. How much older is the older? Uh, my sister's two years older than I am. Okay. And my brother is four years younger than I am. Ooh. Yes. Your brother was like, this is why we have to leave and go to Miami. Oh, my God. Uh, no, he's he's so golden. <laughs> Everyone loves him. He's everyone's favorite. It's good to be the youngest. It's um, And the only boy. <laughs> there you go. What a blessing. In the Connecticut time, mm -hmm. was it you and your sister good buddies because you're both young? I don't remember a lot of that. I'm sure we were when we were that little... 
I'm sure we played together and yeah. and two years isn't, did things. Isn't much. It's not much at all. But I don't have specific memories of us playing or doing things okay. together. I'm sure that happened. Yeah. Um, my memories of my sister are late. Are, you know, start in that sort of elementary school older times where it was the hard the hard times. We, I really was a pain in her ass. What um, uh, on purpose? What did mom and dad do when you're born? So my uh, mom worked for. The man who started Cuisinart. That's it. Okay. Yeah, and I can't. His remember name isn't his Johnny Cuisinart. It's not Johnny Cuisinart. <laughs> but um, he was a, a wealthy man, and he there's a company called Robocoop, which is I think that's what it's it is. Almost Robocop, but almost not Robo quite. I think that's what it is. <laughs> but uh, it's a French company, and they had those. Um, uh, what do you call it? The the machine that you food processor. Yes, thank you. The food processor, and so he made. Where would Cuisinart. we be without a food processor? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, making sauces by hand. Who knows where we be? Does Cuisinart like have the patent for food processors? Mm -mm. Okay. No, I don't think so. But, but he made them. He made them awesome and American. <sighs> I guess he certainly did. And wow. um, so she worked for him as sort of an assistant secretary type thing um, when I was really young but i don't think for long she didn't work for very long after my sister was born as i understand it okay so she um uh, was a stay-at-home mom for the majority of my young life okay and then my dad uh is a captain a boat captain a boat captain yeah this is something i <laughs> definitely had no idea uh -huh. of mm -hmm. so my dad uh had his first professional captain's job at age 10 and then just that's what he did. So he's a sailor. Uh, and would, when he and my mom first got married, they would, uh, you know, captain boats together. And there are lots of rich people in Connecticut. Yeah. And they'd need someone to take their boat from, you know, New York to the Bahamas or to Granada or to wherever they were going. <laughs> so my dad would do a lot of that. Um, and then when they first got married, my mom would go with him and they would, sometimes they'd have people on the boat, pe the owner, something like that, and would, uh, be the captain and crew and make them food and. It's like charter vessels uh -huh. and stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. mm, and How then. I talked about this. I watch Below Deck all the time. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. So, um, but different times, you know, the seventies, seventies, different times. So they, they did that. And then after my sister and I were born, it when you're a captain, you're away for weeks at a time. Yeah. And they decided like, that's not really what they wanted to do. So my dad took a bunch of kind of odd jobs. Uh, he worked kind of as a church handyman, sextant janitor type person for um, a beautiful Episcopal church in Greenwich. Um, he worked at a funeral home. And memories of that, of you know, being in the funeral home and having to run by the viewings with the casket was open. You'd have to like walk by the door real fast so you didn't see the yeah, dead person. Yeah, as a little tiny kid. Yep, yeah. yep. Um, so that's kind of what I remember as for as his odd jobs. And then we moved, the reason we moved from Connecticut to Miami was he got a job um, as a marine journalist. So I can't remember what, what the name of the magazine was, but yeah, it was something like... Um, magazines about deep sea fishing or about uh, different kinds of boats and boat testing. Um, huh. Again, the late 80s, early 90s when magazines still were a thing. Yeah. So yeah. So that's why we moved from Connecticut to Florida. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So tell me what you remember about Connecticut. Like what's, what's, 
what's little Mariah like? <laughs> so, well, what I remember um, is, I don't know, well, little Mariah, what was she like? I, she loved an, loved animals still to this day. Sure. So samesies. <laughs> um, did a lot of playing pretend, played pretend for a long, long time until well past the usual age where you'd pl- play pretend. Can you elaborate on that? Mm-hmm. Um, lots of dolls, yeah. lots of making kitchens or making pretend houses outside. If there's like a, uh, if there's a shrub or a bush with a little sort of sheltered place, yeah. that's a great place to pretend that you're maybe a runaway. Oh, yeah. Maybe, um, maybe you're a mom and you have children and this is like your house. When you say longer than you should have like what's the age like 12 that's when you stop kind of yeah like that's when i kind of like moved past you know barbies and um dress up and making pretend worlds and so same Mm -hmm. but i think i no i think i lasted longer and if we're counting if we're counting dolls which Mm -hmm. i'll also lump action figures into that like i knew Knew I was playing with them too late. <laughs> I was aware. Like I knew it because we were like approaching 14. Mm-hmm. Me and my buddy Chad, we had like Star Wars action figures and then Spawn came out with action figures. And like, oh, mm-hmm. um, And I would make like vehicles and forts out of like cardboard and shit. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, and now that you're saying that, I'm like, wait, was I too old? <laughs> I mean, um, I think I think not too old. I think that is the sign of a sensitive person. There you go. That's what I, I say. Was, I was sensitive and I mm-hmm. lived in my imagination. That's right. Perfect. That's right. So same, same. Live, live, a lot of imagination. And Did you, I, well, I'm, I guess I'm curious about the, the idea that you were too old. Like, what was that narrative? Like, where did that narrative come from? Where were your parents like, Mariah, stop it. No, no, not <laughs> parents. From, from kids at school. And I, my uh, best friend growing up and I were this, the same. So okay. we like both did our own worlds. We would uh, make drawings of, of um, you know, magical houses where we would live. And then we would make drawings of outfits that we would wear. A lot of knee length prairie boots, lace up. I don't know. That was just our aesthetic at the time. Sure. Um, and would play pretend and make like houses for Barbies and have whole scenarios. And, uh, you know, we're pretending we have to escape into the night to do whatever so it's all these sort of imaginary play and and other kids at school were not doing that yeah. um when we'd go to their house it would not be that it would Periods be more yeah gosh it would be more <laughs> like we're watching tv or we're gonna like ride bikes or we're gonna you know do something like that and my i was a little less more of an indoor child yeah. and the pretend play and that yeah. other kids were not doing that that's where i knew like oh this is like, this is not something I would share with people. I wouldn't take, if someone else came over, I wouldn't be like, show them. Let me show you these pages, notebooks filled with uh, magical spells that we made up. Or, yeah. you know, this is the pretend fridge we made out of cardboard and we have tiny pretend food in there that we made, that kind of thing. Fair enough. Yep. <laughs> so that's how you know. Your your peers will let you know when okay. you're when you are too weird. <laughs> Do not share this. They let me know that a long time ago. They will let you know. Um, <laughs> and what do you remember? I, I'm guessing no. Four years. You don't remember your brother being born. I don't remember specifically him being born. I remember 
I have a flash of a memory when he was in the little car seat and he there was a balloon that was a mint chocolate chip, one of those Mylar balloons. It was yeah. a mint chocolate chip ice cream cone. So remember, and he was little enough to be like tiny baby then. Okay. Um, so other than that, that's kind of what I remember of infant yeah. brother. What's your role in the family once you guys are like in Florida and... You're all in school. And... Mm. What do you mean, my role? I don't know. You got the older sister. You said mm-hmm. you made you made her life hell. Real miserable. Mm-hmm. How did that play out? Yeah. And what did that? How? What's like similarities between or lack thereof mm-hmm. between you and your brother? And yeah. Then how are you and your sister? Yeah. So I think my sister and I really got at each other, and and me more pushing her buttons on purpose, I guess for a reaction or because I could and a lot of like, you know, well, she's a pain and she's a no and she's not as cool and as awesome as me. And um, yeah, I knew exactly what to do to really make her mad. Yeah. Uh, and I would definitely do that. So a lot of disregard of her feelings. It's a strange <laughs> Real sibling joy stuff. They, that oh, you can get so out good. of. <laughs> Like so getting an older sibling in trouble. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, the good old days. The good old days. And then Travis, the younger one, he was younger enough and he was always like, hey, just as everybody's fit. He's so affable and nice to be around and he's fun and funny. So there was never any, um, you know, annoying little brother. Yeah. We were always happy to have him around and our friends liked him and he was... You think that would have been any different if he was like two years younger? <laughs> Probably not. Because okay. then it would have been a similar thing where it was close enough that maybe some friends would overlap or yeah. if you were in high school at the same time, like my sister and I were, uh, that that you had some of the same circles and you knew some of the same people and there could be competition. Yeah. And so I think that it def- if he was closer to us, no. But because he was the baby, he was... Special and precious. <laughs> so you're in Miami. Yeah. Your uh, your dad's writing for Marine magazines. Mm-hmm. Love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you you're around twelve. You quit doing mm-hmm. make believe stuff. Mm-hmm. What's what's going? Because that's like the worst or like most I don't know, difficult. <sighs> the, Middle those, school. Yeah. Middle school. Brutal <laughs> for sure. So we moved. Uh, we were in Miami. For two years, and then we moved to Orlando for another job. My dad just got a job with a publishing company, but still in that sort of marine journalism yeah, yeah. space. And so I essentially tell people I grew up in Orlando because from four, fourth, yeah, fourth grade onward. So those are pretty formative, and you can remember a lot from yeah. around then. And so, um, so then I forgot your question. Tell, say it again. Yeah, I, I mean. Middle school, middle school, 12. yeah, middle school's real rough. Um, so, yeah, people just were mean, you know. I think that that's a common thing that mean girls and um, uh, I heard girls are worse. Girls are yeah, girls that, are that age. Yeah, they're <laughs> and it's mean in a way that is super manipulative and kind of it's not always overt. And you don't know. And I had a part in it too. So I remember being with some of other some of my girlfriends and doing mean things to someone else so everybody was doing it you know i am not absolved from being a real jerk to some other girls but i also uh would wear these big t-shirts and shorts and you couldn't see the shorts under the t-shirt and so it looked like i wasn't wearing pants and so people would make fun of me for that 90s 
teen style. <laughs> yeah, which is a, is back now is the same. Oh, you know, the giant t-shirt and shorts. I know. So, <laughs> so yeah. So that was those were hard times. I remember one story is that I was in uh, one of the advanced oh uh, sixth grade science classes. Oh, advanced early. Advanced early, and uh, we were learning about puberty. Uh-huh. Are you familiar with puberty? I've been there. Okay, yeah. Well, I just thought it was, <laughs> I had never heard anybody call it puberty before. So we made fun of our teacher for that. Oh, that's what he called it? He called it puberty. What? Yeah, it was lady. Lady? It was a lady. You and should know what you're fucking <sighs> teaching. Telling you. And then I don't, I remember this mostly secondhand because I don't remember it being an, an issue at the time. But I would sit being bored in class and would sit with my elbows on the table and my hands sort of around my eyes, and I would tr- use my fingers and try and curl my eyelashes with my two fingers, sort of like this, and just sit there <laughs> and, like, you know, not paying attention or being 12 and weird. And for whatever reason, she thought I was on drugs. And so, like, told the school counselors, and I had to go to the principal, and my best friend, like, got called into the principal's office, and my sister. It's the same teacher that says puberty. The same puberty teacher. Yeah, I think she might have been on drugs. She might have been on drugs. So that was weird. And then um, there was this one kid who was extra mean to me. Uh, This kid, Skip Heydrich. He's a dentist now. His dad was my dentist. Fuck you, Skip. Yeah. He was, you know, may his daughters be treated better than he treated me. But he was extra mean. One day I was flipping through a an anatomy book at the book fair. Yeah. You know, it's a classic book fair. It was one of the ones that had all the colored drawings and it had the skeleton and then parts of the eye. And, of course, they had the page where it was somebody standing unclothed. So it was like dun, a dun, drawing dun, 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 of, a, of a person who had a penis and a drawing of a lady with boobs and all these things. Yeah. And he really was like, what are you doing looking at porn are you looking at dirty pictures and i was humiliated and tried to flip through and so you know it was it was the hard times oh skip skip hydric yeah i know i know so that was that was middle school but i i made it through i made it through what years are middle school or were middle school sixth seventh eighth yeah okay same for me yeah and then so were you and your sister Sixth and eighth, then at, at one we point? were at one point, yeah. Is there any friction there? Yeah, <laughs> I don't or... remember as much friction there. Okay. I'm sure that there was, but we didn't have friends overlapping as much then. We did a little bit more in high school. That's when it got really, you know, really bad. Where I really was a jerk. <laughs> um, you're talking about your friend that you would like do all the make believe stuff mm-hmm. with. Was that? A nice little safe spot, a little grounding yeah. person throughout. Through my whole high the, school career, absolutely. Yeah. We were super close through the entire high school career. And uh, I had, you know, a, a bunch of acquaintances and then two or three really close friends. Yeah. Uh, and that was like my group, my people. But yeah, it was my friend Janine. And she and I lived, uh, I moved once. I think in ninth grade, maybe, but I was a mile away from her house. And then when we moved, we moved into her, her neighborhood so we could walk to each other's houses, which was great. That's fun. I know. So yeah. So we, I think we're very safe spaces for each other and we're, we're really good buddies. So we had good times. (laughs) Um, Does academia stay at that rate? Advanced classes and... Yeah, in science, uh, I don't remember if I had many history classes that were 
um, at AP or anything like that. Yeah. But biology. Um, the grades were always reading. up. And... They were always like fair to middling. Okay. Mostly yeah. Bs with some Cs. I didn't work, try hard or work hard. Yeah. Um, and you could do fine. Um, and then that did not do me in good stead when I ended up going to college because I had no skills for organization, yeah. time management. I didn't really know how to study. Eh. Yeah. Just by like being in <laughs> class, I knew could absorb enough and read enough that I knew how to do it. And I, I do like to read. So English was easy when I was going to ask book. you about that. Mm-hmm. When does that start? Oh, super young. One of my first memories in connecticut was reading uh laurel no um little house on the prairie laura ingles and being young enough and i remember the house we were in so i had to have been five or six yeah reading um little house on the prairie which is like it's like a big book and i remember i was almost done with it and my mom told my sister to go to bed and she was older so she usually didn't have to go to bed the same time I did. And I remember she my she told me I could stay up late to finish the book. And I remember thinking, this is so sweet. This is amazing. Solidified reading is a uh, <laughs> So good. Yeah, so that I, I stayed up late and my sister had to go to bed. Um, yes. And so since early, early, early days, just always devouring books and loving to go to the library and being able to pick out as many books as I want. You yeah. know, have 20, 25 books was it always like fiction and fantasy genre stuff? It was always fiction. I mean, when you're 10 or 11, yeah. you know, that's kids' books are mostly fiction. Yeah. I mean, you can get, you know, books on um, Martin Luther King or Harriet Tubman or a book on France. You can always get that stuff. But it was yeah. always, um, it was always fiction for me. First and only. First and only love. In a... So I, I didn't, I've never been much of a reader. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Yeah, right. That's right. my ADHD. Mm-hmm. That's what I've decided. Because um, I like books. Yeah. Audible, great. Yeah. Um, but when I was a kid, there's like a few that I, I think probably because I actually read them that like stick out to me. Mm-hmm. And they're typical series, but I'm just wondering your thoughts now. Um, Tell me the series. First and foremost, the Indian in the Cupboard series. <sighs> so good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Magical um, Plaztec. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh-huh. Yeah. Um and there the fourth one was a hardcover and it was called Mystery of the Cupboard. Hmm. I'm trying to remember if I read all the series. Do I have that one? If you do, I'll borrow it. I have the second one over there. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have Mystery of the Cupboard anymore. It's probably at my mom's house. But mm-hmm. Loved those. And then Mm -hmm. when they made the movie, I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) That actually, I've never thought about that. That is the first. I always say it's. uh, I can't think of the fucking show, but I always say it's something else. But I guess that was the first one when they made a movie off a book that I had read the book first. (gasps) And And it was so magical to see everything come Come to life. life. no pun intended. Given uh-huh. that story. I know, I know. And then uh, Ramona Quimby. Yeah, Ramona Beezus. Uh-huh. I remember Ramona uh-huh. so fondly. But anyway, moving along. Yeah, kids' books. You're getting I, older. I'm getting older. And high school comes. Going to high school. It's great. Everything goes well. Your sister's high wonderful. Fine. <laughs> high school is high school is not ba- really not bad for me. I had my you know my friend Janine, yeah. my few other friends. 
Um, my next door neighbor, uh, who's still a good friend of mine today, like immediately next door, I'd go to her house all the time. And her family was always, she was one of four. So her siblings were always around and they were, she was the youngest. So her brother and my sister were the same age. And then she had two sisters older than that. And they were always just like awesome and welcoming and warm. And I, you know, you, it's the kind where you, a family, you, just open the door without knocking and dad, her dad's watching hockey and I sit down and talk to Hal and are we watching hockey? Well, it's boring. Let mm-hmm. me see if uh, Mrs. Andrews has some snacks. They always had Entenmann's, which yes. was like, oh, so delicious. We never had good snacks like that. What kind of Entenmann's? Oh, whatever, whatever. A lot of coffee cakes, oh, yeah. a lot of donuts, a lot of those cinnamon donuts that have the like, I said they look like little like rabbit poops, you know, the little round balls yeah. of like cinnamon or whatever on there. Very tasty. <laughs> Toaster strudel, which is a luxury pop tart. Yeah, baby. Yep. Um, So they had uh, all kinds of good stuff. Always, you know, just go in and rifle through their snacks. So looking back, also very patient. What do you do in the late 90s when you work for Kellogg's and you're in the pop tart division and toaster strudels come out? Do you just like jump off a fucking building? Well, you'd think, but they never came up with a with a toaster strudel with a pop tart brand uh frozen treat. No, I imagine pop tart won out in the end. They but did. I'll, yeah, I well mean, they did. They stood the test of time. I think there was like a good 3-year period there where like toaster strudels. We're really in trouble here. <laughs> this is like a pastry. <laughs> this is, you know, we're putting this in your toaster oven and you have a hot pastry. Yeah. With like more of the goo inside, which is the best part. And you have the little squeezy packet of icing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I know. Sometimes at my friend's house, I would take two icings. <laughs> um, <laughs> and because then you don't know until you get to the end of the box. And you're like, like oh, what the fuck? Why is icing missing? <laughs> like, what? Who did this? And they'd oh, never God, know it was it you. Sounds like such a dick move now. They'd never know it was you. I'd be you. so mad if that happened to me. Um, they're, well, their parents probably weren't eating that uh, many toaster strudels. It was oh, probably no, one of the like kids. It was like my buddy. Was like, I was fucking my buddy over. Well... <laughs> That's what he gets. God. He's got to keep a tighter rein on his strudel icing. He's like fat kidding it up. I'm like, yes. <laughs> um, I'm curious because I have two competing stereotypes in my head. What is it? About strudels? No. Entimans. About you. Mm, what is that? As a, as a general person. Mm-hmm. There's the stereotype of like uh, AP classes you like reading. Mm-hmm. High school is normal nothing mm-hmm. crazy and then there's also like the you grew up in florida so you you know killed an alligator and did meth so mm-hmm. for sure <laughs> i imagine it's somewhere in the middle there i was gonna say there those aren't mutually exclusive <laughs> you can do all those things you i read a book anything. right after i after i did a little cooked a little meth and uh, and, uh red binicula um so what is what does your social life look like in mm. respect to like yeah, so high school social life, uh, I did, uh, I played the trombone in middle school. Ooh, and I played the trombone. You did? I did for a very short period of time, but I did. I did <laughs> for, I want to say, yeah, uh, all three years of middle school and then I want to say first two years of high school. Were you the only female trombone player? I don't think so. Okay. I don't remember who was there, but I don't remember being the only girl. Okay. Um, but yeah, a lot of dudes. And I was in the marching band, which was awesome fun. Ooh. Yeah. Marching band people are fun. Yeah. It was really, it was really That's good a times. Nice tight group. Yeah. Like, yeah. did you find that that was like a good social, like. Absolutely. 
Totally. And I didn't, I wouldn't say that I did a lot uh, much outside of, I didn't, those people that were my friends that were, we had a good time in marching band for the most part. We didn't do other activities together. We didn't go to the movies or, you know, hang out in a parking lot in front of a 7-Eleven or whatever you do when you're a teen in the 90s. Sure, exactly. Exactly. But because band takes up, these kind of activities in high school take up so much of your time that we spent a lot of time together. Yeah, it adds like a weird (laughs) level of discipline too because there's just like you have timed events, you have practice you have to do. You got to be there and you get in trouble if you're not there. So we definitely did have you know, little groups that was really fun and hanging out in the band room and during lunch yeah. or before school or after, after school, you'd go and hang out in the band room. Um, so did that. And I also rode crew. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. Which was also overachiever. Yeah. It was also fun. I'm trying to remember if I did that freshman and sophomore because I didn't, I think senior, I don't think I did any activities. Well, so this is funny to me though, cause you alluded earlier to like, when applying for colleges, you're like, oh, no, I don't have this stuff. But you're like a marching band crew. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> uh, undergrad. So when I was applying for undergrad, undergrad, yeah. I was I was probably fine. And I probably could have applied to other Florida schools because we never had had a lot of money growing up. I think we were fine. Yeah. Um, uh, we... At least as far as I know, there was Never no... Never got that sweet Cuisinart money? Oh, man. No, we did not. Um, but, you know, we always had plenty of food, food to eat and went on vacations from time to time and, um, you know, always had old Disney bad cars. Because you lived there? No, because it's still super expensive. It's still super expensive. So I think from. It's like, is there a resident right now? There was. I think that they got rid of that, that, you know, they got wise to it um, and got rid of that option. I don't know, two, three, four years ago, maybe. Okay. But if you have it, your grandfather didn't, so you can keep it. But if you lose it, you can never get it again. They're not, you know, offering that anymore. I wonder how much cheaper it is. I can't imagine too much. What's the like year pass? Oh. Yeah. Like like a year. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I I didn't realize that was like, is that residents only that can get that? Mm -hmm. I did hear about that. Mm -hmm. Like, and I knew about that. I didn't know they got rid of it. Mm hmm. Um, why you're thinking of go- moving to Florida so for the sweet, sweet Disney no, Pass? No. I just oh, well. heard a couple podcasts about crazy Disney adults. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that exists. So we we didn't. But in school, we would go on field trips. So you'd go usually to Epcot because it was the educational one. Yeah. Um, but still fun. You know, you go and... You'd, it is a small world. <laughs> yes. You'd go and you'd stomp around Epcot with your friends and yeah. meet back at the bus. And so that was always really fun. Was college always on the radar? Yeah. Did your sister go to college? She did. She okay. went to college uh, before I did. She went to Florida State. And I have no idea why she chose that one. Um, but I don't recall applying to any other colleges besides Florida State. And I got yeah. in. And I think it, w- it was path of least resistance. Um, you know, it, Where at, at heart, I'm a little lazy. So Tallahassee, it's in the panhandle. Okay. It's in the capital. Was that one of the draws that you're like, I'm going to leave home now? No, not necessarily. I just, what else, what else would I do besides go to college? Like there, yeah, exactly. At the time, like, well, that's what you, I guess that's what you do. And school is fine for me. I wait tables, smoke weed and get evicted. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So that's what you could do. But you know, I'd never, I had worked at a grocery store as my first job, bagging groceries and um, uh, worked at a vet's office. So I maybe could have done that, but 
it was sort of my parents didn't put pressure on me or anything yeah. like that, but my sister had gone there. But and, it was the expectation, like, oh yeah, without, like you're gonna go to college yeah, and, without the pressure. Yeah, of those, yeah, like, yeah, like oh well, you go to college. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, both my parents went to college, and so it was sort of like a oh, you know, all right, you know, that seems like a good next step. Yeah. Because what else am I gonna do? I don't. Uh, I know that knew that well for if I have a career what would it be I think it's probably something you'd need to go to college for it was just the next step and I was I was excited about it but not necessarily excited to leave home I would cry all throughout college every time I left to drive back I would cry oh, no. driving away from my parents house yeah oh, no. every time mm-hmm. yep why miss my mom <laughs> that's why <laughs> miss my mom is home is a wonderful place and it was uh, it was a place of, you know, the people who knew you best and you were f- 100% free to be whoever you really were. And, um, you know, I liked, be- I liked being around my family. <laughs> so everything you just said about yeah. what home is, I would view as like... Meth and gators? <laughs> no, like for me... Mm-hmm. Home is where I am, like, as far as home, like, with parents, like, home, younger home, is where I am known the least. (laughs) I am definitely not going to, like, free to, no, nothing. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, like, that's funny. That's such a... Different experience. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially when you're, like, 19. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, interesting. Yeah, and I don't... No, someone was asking me the other day when the relationship between me and my parents turned from like parent and child to a relationship between adults. So that even though you're still someone's child and they're still your parent, but that does shift at some point. And I think maybe now that we're talking about it is one of the reasons why it was good to be there even at, you know, 18, 19, is that there were definitely rule, we weren't rule pushers or we weren't, we didn't want to do anything that would be would push a boundary really yeah. and snuck out a few times and you know would have my sister at a party once and got in trouble for it so but it was like basic teen stuff you're supposed to do and then when I would come home from college there was no well what time are you gonna be home who are you gonna yeah. be with it was just sort of the relationship of hey tomorrow I'm gonna go do this thing or there's a concert or we're gonna go meet at a club with so and so and they knew um, our you. friends yeah and they knew yeah. our friends and I think it was it, so you could still live your life with independence and freedom and come home at two or three o'clock in the morning and no, like you would if you were at college or yeah. school because nobody's looking in on you and still yeah. feel the logistics of that makes sense to me because it's just yeah. like if you can go live in a different part of the state mm-hmm. or like some people different part of the country mm-hmm. like on your own mm-hmm. I'm not going to treat you like you're in high school again when you come back for sure for sure Um, but that i mean i imagine that trust is either built or it's not trust and it's neglect but it doesn't sound like it's neglect (laughs) i don't think it was neglect yeah um yeah i i had a question Mm -hmm. i should have written it down oh well you haven't written anything down you haven't written anything down what is going on (laughs) um oh i remember Circling back to something I asked earlier that you asked for clarification on, um, what your role is mm-hmm. in the family. Yeah. And I guess my 
like context of that would be like you're the middle child do you feel like you fit like that middle child thing are you trying to like fix stuff and you're trying to like i don't want to cause problems like, oh 100 percent. to this day <laughs> to this day a fixer and wanting people to feel good and be happy yeah. and how can i help you to be those things so absolutely that um dynamic and also the funny one my brother also was very funny but i was sort of the funny one um and uh i mean i'm trying to think of their other roles like that that i fit of uh, some people pleasing for sure yeah some i'm trying to think what other descriptors would be appropriate for sort of in my in our family group what i would be but i i do think it's the also very sensitive were you the like let's keep the peace like i think so don't worry uh, about what i need or what i want because you guys need to like everybody i think so <laughs> yeah I, I would say that's fair um not when it came to like a sibling relationship again because <laughs> you know um anything i could do for conflict so good but yeah i would say 100 percent sort of keeping keeping the peace and not not trying to make waves or make anybody feel bad or be upset or yeah. uh, push anybody. So, so what happens when you do leave ho home and you go mm -hmm. to Florida State? Yes. What, yeah. is that, what does that look like? Yeah. Have you, I mean, I mentioned like your sister having a party. Have you done like drinking and stuff? Yeah, I definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, we would have, cause again, I had a, friend group and my um friend megan who lived right next door and we freaking megan. Me megan and so our friend <laughs> groups would overlap and so there would be parties at someone's house and not not a lot a, a handful yeah. maybe yeah. a half dozen over my high school career of sort of those kinds of parties where there'd be beer or drinking or something like that but it never really oh and my um high school boyfriend was uh went to ucf so he was 20 and then turned 21 and so we when had access in high school yeah oh dating uh, older guys yes illegal is um, that does that feel creepy looking back i've thought about that there was another guy i was friends with who all we all worked at the grocery store together yeah and there's another guy who's older than that i was he in college then says the younger party it feels cool yeah but then looking back you're like What's this 21-year-old doing with a 21 or 22 year old? or 23? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if it was that I was awesome that I felt at the time that I was like mature and awesome and yeah. and people thought I was cool and fun to be around, which I'm sure was the case uh, for me. Um but yeah, looking back I do I wonder. I wonder if I were outside looking at that now, I would be a little hey, we need to take a close look at what this relationship yeah. is. And I didn't I didn't end up, I mean, I, my um, high school boyfriend I slept with, but I never the other guy who was even older. Yeah. Um, I think that would have been on the table, but I wasn't interested <laughs> it's in, just, in that guy that way. Yeah, it's it's very it's very strange because like I I remember being twenty or twenty one. Yeah. And one of my friends brought like brought around started bringing around like a sixteen year old mm -hmm. that they were hanging out with, mm -hmm. and I was like. What? what is that and they were like 19 yeah but like still like what's, what's mm -hmm. happening like there's this weird dynamic shift when you like don't have a daily school schedule anymore right and you're it's 
it's very strange. Uh, I never thought um, about the like school thing. Like, well, I'm Monday through Friday from seven to two yeah. thirty. Um, and then I have band practice. I mean, I had a driver's license, so I, at least so they didn't have to drive me places. Yeah. I could go to his apartment. <laughs> um, but but yeah, look, I mean, looking back, if if I were if if I were looking at that relationship now, at you know someone who's seventeen, eighteen, and you know yeah. their person who is twenty or twenty one or twenty two or twenty three, that that would be a, an area for additional investigation. <laughs> we'll say, yeah. Um, but at the time, it was fine and i'm sure it never occurred to me until this exact minute that <laughs> at my boyfriend's house his roommates or other people who were his friends of they had to have been like okay i mean i guess if this is your girlfriend whatever man <laughs> um but yeah maybe maybe that little bit of a yeah. little bit of confidence yeah. of like of course they want to hang out with me i'm amazing Guys are real dumb at that age. Real dumb at that age. I mean, um, so maturity level probably. Maybe that's what maybe that's what it was too. <laughs> is that the we were well matched that way. There you go. I know. Um, so you're at college. I'm at you're college. Away. I'm away. Like? It was great. That college was great too. If I could go back, I would go to a smaller school. Uh, okay. I didn't get in gay involved in that much stuff. Long term, I played rugby. Oh. Yeah, like a club team. That was fun. Do you continue doing band or crew? No. Okay. I I also didn't do that. I can't remember when I quit both of those, but again, it was like, man, they... Well, yeah, you said senior year, you didn't do anything. Yeah, like, they really want me to get up early and go to this thing every day. You know what I want to do? I want to stay at home and read or, like, take a Sleep nap. In, yeah. yeah, that's what I want to do. So, um, uh, quit a bunch of things, so... Yeah. Uh, and college, so I did that. I did a little bit of intramural soccer, um... Very active. At, yeah, I worked at um, a vet's office. So I had a job all through college. So that's probably what most of my time was taken up with was that I had to work. Um, and, and you said your sister went to the same college? She did. She, I don't know that we overlapped, though. She oh, okay. ended up moving back home kind of halfway through, I want to say. Or, okay. I, yeah, I don't remember About if we the were. time in, you were going. There. I think so. Yeah. I don't remember that we were in, in Tallahassee overlapping that much i think maybe we were for a very short time mm -hmm. uh but then she moved home Got it. um so uh but yeah i was there and i had a couple of people from high school who were there too my friend megan neighbor megan so we hung out all the time Did you guys get to dorm together no i dormed with my friend courtney who's courtney. amazing and she and i are still buddies That's but we good. were randomly paired together and she was fantastic and we lived together all four years and i was a, a five-year student yeah um, and she graduated in four and then got a job and went and uh, taught fifth grade. And I remember the day that she left and I was still at school. So sad. She moved back to South Florida to live with her parents and get I a job wonder, and do that kind of thing. I wonder how often, like what the, I'm sure there's statistics on this. I could just Google, but hmm. people that like meet their roommate in the dorms randomly, mm -hmm. like random assignment freshman year, and then they end up living with them for the next that is a good question i don't know i we got lucky because not every, not no it's everyone like, did that yeah obviously the roommate situations can go in a lot of oh, different directions for sure. but i've heard that from a, like a number of people that 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 has worked out mm -hmm. um, and i'm sure it's like less than half but I'm, i'd be curious yeah that would be interesting yeah. to know who, who someone who google that for me and uh send it my way yeah uh <laughs> so college but like pretty tame otherwise i think 
I mean, a classic college experience. Um, Florida classic State had. Experience. I mean, we stole the mask out of a rival school. We stole the mask school. out of a rival school. Yeah, went to toga parties. Boy, the the <laughs> the nerds in that one Greek house really put it over on the dean that one time. Hilarious. They got revenge. The revenge of the nerds. Uh, that food fight. Oh my god. Uh, well, Florida State <laughs> is known as, especially at that time, as a big party school. Yeah, and so yeah. And then football, Florida State Seminole. So football was a big thing, too. Uh, so that was awesome, going to football games and sitting uh, in the student section. And amazing. So, yeah, I, uh, plenty of partying. Um, I remember games. being very hungover a handful of times. Sure, that sure. Just real sick, really sick. What um, are you majoring in? Uh, I wanted to be veterinarian. Okay. So I started. This, what comes first, the job at the vet's office or the desire to be a vet? Uh, desire to be a vet from when I was okay. little, oh, okay. when I was really when little, you liked animals. when I loved animals <laughs> and then, um, worked as, uh, um, a vet tech through junior, senior year, I want to say. Okay. And then eventually got a job in Tallahassee for a vets with, at a vet's office also. But when I went to school, I was a biology major and was going to go to vet school. And then it turns out that if you, as uh, we'll call back to the lack of organizational or study skills or the sort of personal, um, not ambition, but uh, the, the drive or the enough stress on that I could put enough stress on my own self to be self-motivated to to go discipline. to class that's the word <laughs> the discipline I was like I think you're describing you're like, discipline I am I did not have the self-discipline no. oh, yeah. to to go go to all the classes one yeah. uh two read all the reading do all the assignments it's crazy three, that people do at like 19 years old it is that's insane to me bless i mean well they they do because then those people go to medical school and get into like schools with their yeah. graduate schools with their excellent grades and then have nervous breakdowns and drinking problems oh man yeah so <laughs> i right so i did poorly and i think i failed algebra maybe for a third time and thought like this is going to be a lot of uh, chemistry and um, you know, advanced science and advanced math classes. Yeah. And if I cannot, not because I couldn't do it, because I did not want to work hard. Yeah. If I had put in effort, even maybe a little bit of effort, I'm sure it, I would have been fine. Um, but that didn't happen. So I switched to English, creative writing, and sailed right on through. So did you kind of talk yourself out of it? Like because of the... So, and stuff like this drives me nuts because hmm. I, I did something similar um, with my undergrad mm -hmm. where like, and this was, <laughs> this was not long ago, mm -hmm. but they're like psychology, get an undergrad in psychology because you're going to go into counseling and like, that'll be a good undergrad to have. Right. Which like public service announcement, if you're going to get a master's degree, most master's degree doesn't fucking matter what your undergrad what <laughs> Um But psychology, I knew psychology would be like a lot of the stuff you see in like journal articles. So a lot mm -hmm. of like the statistics and um, just like the science of it. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to do the science and math part of it. Mm -hmm. And I always like math and I've been good at it, but I like, it doesn't mean I want to fucking do it. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yeah, no, no psychology, mm -hmm. uh, which trick on me because I've had to do a bunch of that shit in my now. master's program. Um, but was was that part of like you wanted 
did you still want the end goal? But like this algebra chemistry shit was like, mm, yeah, kind of this roadblock. Yeah, it was a roadblock. And I was like, well, I would still like to be a veterinarian, but I'm, I wasn't devastated thinking like, well, maybe I could do something else. Yeah. May, maybe one day. But I know that I don't want to flunk out of school and do something else. So I need to figure something out. What are you so, going to do without a bachelor's degree? <sighs> right. Right. <laughs> so that's when, you know, when I switched to the creative writing yeah. um, and really enjoyed that. I had some amazing classes. Uh, I remember, you know, a class, uh, close readings of Victorian literature. So, um, that is not a Mary class Sh- I sign up for. <laughs> oh, so good. Mary Shelley, Jane Eyre, um, you know, various other things. All the big ones. I can't remember all the big ones. And remember just that class was really cool. Um, some philosophy classes that were made. So I took a lot of classes that, cause you have flexibility to take many different things yeah. and took some great classes that, I really wish that I had um, gone to more of them and <laughs> more of those classes. But um, alas, you get through it, you graduate. Get through it, graduate. What's what's next on the agenda? Next on the ad- agenda is post-college flail. Uh, so I moved home with my parents for Were maybe... Were so excited to move home? I wasn't. I oh, wasn't excited. I know, I know. The tables have turned. All the turntables. <laughs> um I wasn't that excited to move home uh, only because it felt like, uh, you know, I'd been on my own. I'd lived yeah. with roommates. I'd done things. So it's it like felt a like a step. Failure it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know what I was going to do for a job and where I was going to live. Um, but every, you know, everybody I knew, all my friends that I'd gone through school with were all moving on. And so there wasn't a reason for me to stay in Tallahassee. Uh, so moved back home, got another job at a, a vet's office. Um, and that was okay. Uh, they weren't as awesome as the office I worked for in Tallahassee. And did that while I tried to figure out what am I going to do? Am I going to be... I, I did a little bit of uh, writing for some magazines. My dad, you know, a little nepotism. So my dad got me a few jobs. And... Was he pumped when you changed your major? No, I don't think that they cared. Okay. <laughs> Either way, they I were think like, they're like, all, right, all right, sure. You're going to be fine. Do <laughs> okay. whatever you want to do. Um, so moved home, did a little bit of writing. Um, and are you, you talked about high school boyfriend. Are you, do you have any relationships in this period of time? I did. Uh-oh. I did. I, tone just I did. So a very biz- sort of odd relationship. I was very deeply in love with my best friend. Oh, and Megan? no, no <laughs> she, I do. I, I'm to this day deeply in love, love with Megan. Megan. Okay. Yeah. But, um, this boy, Steven, and uh, met him also freshman year. And I want to say through maybe junior year. So for maybe three years, we were really close. Um, Went and visited him and his family and stayed with his family and knew them really well. And he, I cared deeply for me, absolutely. But it was never a really physical relationship um he uh, it was important to him to maintain some of his um catholic values and right and so that was not those weren't the same of my values but i was ready to be catholic and have all catholic babies and um he never i I just wasn't his person i just wasn't the one that he even though we were so close 
I think he wanted to be good, good, wonderful friends. And you guys together all through college? We were friends all through yeah. through college until he um, started dating someone else. And we weren't together. So, I mean, he didn't really... I think the only thing that he owed me was a little more transparency, but we were young and Which felt some betrayal there. Oh my, my heart was broken. It took, yeah. it took about three years for me to stop having nightmares about it. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, Stephen, I, I still have wonderful memory. It took, you know, probably five or six years ago. And just as a reference, um, I've been with Jamie since 2007 <laughs> So five or six years ago, I finally was like, okay, I for, I forgive him for the yeah. the well, the I mean, hurt. Now he's doing meth and fighting alligators. Oh so. gosh, <laughs> I, right. Um, also still in Florida, but um, but yeah, so broke my heart pretty pretty badly. But yeah, he was my person and loved him so deeply and wanted to have it be um, a romantic relationship. And I think some of that pressure maybe, and you know, when you spend a lot of time together and you're 19 and 20 and 21 some 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 physical things may be bound to happen (laughs) but um but yeah i just i think highly emotionally highly emotionally charged a lot of hormones yes and so i think it just i I loved him romantically and he did not reciprocate yeah but i did yes i know but i did spend lots of time chasing after him instead of dating other people so there's that (laughs) so what's how, I, I guess, how much longer are you in Florida once you move back home after college? Like a year and a half. And then off to, because I graduated in 05. So what takes you out of Florida? Um, I moved from Florida to Park City because my cousin Anna graduated from Purdue. And she's a year, year and a half younger than I am. Anna's fancy. She's real fancy. You said she's Anna. She's a boiler with, I, Anna's one of those words because the A, I was like, oh, you're, you're not from Michigan. Mm-mm. How do you say it? <laughs> Anna. Oh. <laughs> How do you say it? I did, Anna? Yeah. I, there's right? just a little different There's a, a There is a different sound. A. There's a there's a Michigander A, that's for yeah. sure. Uh, so Anna graduated and she said, hey, do you want to learn, move to Park City and learn to snowboard? And I was doing not a lot at my parents' house and at this other, like, this job. I was like, look left, look right. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. And um, I mean, and that put my life on How the track. How old are you at this point? So I would have been I moved to Park City. I was like twenty four. You're like yeah, twenty three. Snowboard and twenty three. Yeah, I want to say maybe twenty three. Festivals. Yep. Rich folk. Yep. Yep. Shredding mountains. Ah, oh, shredding, shredding the gnar. That's what we call it. Shredding the gnar. <laughs> I feel so uncool the, for not the pow pow. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So you go to Park City to hang out with your cousin and. Go yeah. snowboarding. Yeah, and it was incredible. We we the first season we lived with her uncle, um, Uncle Jeff, and it was on her side. So on her side, so not the side that's related to me. Yeah. So I wasn't related to those people, but he was lo- lovely, and let us live in his house for free. Um, and we went worked at the resort and um learned to snowboard and it was incredible let me ask you because you were there for you were in park city for like 13 years yeah yeah i'm very curious because i experienced this in la and i've talked to other people that have moved like to different parts of the country and it feels like a similar thing do you recall getting there you're living your life everything's Mm -hmm. fun it's super like it's great Mm -hmm. and the transition of like feeling almost like vacation mode into like 
oh yeah life mode that that rings very true 100 percent. and what was that for you in park city that was i want to say transition from like that fun sort of vacation this is awesome mode was the last maybe five years that i was there oh okay um, that, that lasted so a while it was a while and it was, it was less vacation more like well this is where i live yeah um and also because park city actually did change quite a bit in that time from a, a little bit smaller town yeah. to a lot seeing a lot of growth and a lot more traffic um and some of the resort ownership changed and that changed the dynamic just because there uh the resort was better at marketing and getting people in there and so increased traffic um and people in town and airbnb and vrbo happened when i was living there so there's a before and after so we saw like tons and tons of change for sure was it in the earlier years just like busy in the winter and film festival and yeah that's about it and that's about it and i mean a little bit in the summer but not much yeah um and then dead dead for uh april may june dead uh let's say september october november first part of december so most of the year it's this little town and there's not a lot going on i mean there's still rich people who live there and have houses so their tax money is going all the time so there were wonderful things to do and concerts and a fantastic library and a free bus system so there's lots of of good restaurants um do you feel like you're just when you first get out there mm-hmm. and you're like living with your uncle and yeah snowboarding and working at a resort do you feel like you're just kind of like bumming around yeah but like but not in a way that was like oh man what am i gonna do with my life i was like this is what i'm doing yeah and as i saw myself get better at snowboarding and meet new people and hang out with anna and uh get a job at a restaurant never had a job at a restaurant before and it was it was like being at summer camp and you're the camp counselor but all the camp counselors are like 21 to 23 or 19 to 23 um and a lot of people from australia new zealand chile you know those sort of southern hemisphere folks that would come and you'd get to know and you'd hang out and go to bars it was amazing is this where you really hone in on like oh i'm good with people do you believe that i mean i I guess i'm implying that belief (laughs) no i i think so i think i am and i i think one of the things because after working at the resort for I think three winters, maybe four, um, is when I got the job with Exclusive Resorts, which is a luxury hospitality company. Yeah. And because I was, you know, good with people and I was friends with this woman, Alicia, more friends with her husband, actually, because he was a lift mechanic and I would sit in the lift with him as a lifty for, you know, hours a day. A and lifty. Yeah, just shoot the shit and we'd talk. And so I was friends with him and also knew his wife, Alicia, and I house sat for them because Alicia was Australian, her husband's American, and so they would went for six weeks or four weeks or something like that to Australia and had a dog, and so I stayed with their dog for four yeah. weeks. And when they got back, I cleaned their whole house and made sure their sheets were fresh, and um, you know, I went through their pantry and threw away all the expired food, and there was just a little thing, put roses in a little vase from their garden yeah. to be like, welcome home. I want it to be nice for them. Real hospitality type Real shit. hospitality type shit. And yep. so she <laughs> said I should apply for this job with this company because of those things that I did that were like little nice touches, and I think probably because she knew me throughout from the resort and that I was a warm mm. 
person. And so I think that is where that portion of my career started. Um, and maybe where I figured out that this sort of service based, I have a skill with that service based type thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell me about meeting Jamie. Oh, meeting Jamie. So uh, I had been on a couple of dates and date is maybe a strong word. Hookups, maybe. Uh, with Freaking lifties. Uh, Freaking lifties, yeah. <laughs> and there was one that, uh, there was one particular one where. Robert Redford. I wish Robert Redford. Um, There's one guy who was British. And uh, the one morning uh, after being at a bar and woke up with him the next morning and. He said, hey, so would you mind not mentioning this to anyone? I was like, mm, is it because of me? Or like, did you, and he, Daniel I, Radcliffe? would you, just... yeah, would you not <laughs> mention this to anyone? My girlfriend is a ski instructor and oh, I don't want no. that to get around. I was like, oh, <laughs> you are a trash person, oh, no. a garbage person, understood. So um, I was like, God, what a loser. What is wrong with him? And so I was telling my colleague, my lifty colleague, Christy, I was like, this, you know, so-and-so, isn't this a slime ball? What a garbage person. And she's like, well, I, you should go on a good date. I was like, I should should go on a good date. Is there anyone good? And she said, what about that snowboard instructor from Michigan? And I said, well, I have no idea who that is, but that sounds fine. <laughs> uh, and she ended up pointing him out and like, okay, it's that one there, but everybody's in uniform yeah. and it's cold and you're wearing goggles. So maybe you might see the bottom half of someone's face yeah. unless it's cold. Then you might not. You might just see a nose. Who knows? Um, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So she pointed him out and then uh, he would do laps around the lift because I ran the bunny lift. And so everybody had kids or first timers. And so we sat like the instructors would lap this lift with their clients. Mm. So I was like, well, put in a good word for me because we were only, you know, I was only 23. So I needed someone else to do yeah. my dirty work. for. So she sure. did and said, oh, you should ask about Mariah. And he never did. Or he said like, oh, okay. Or, or said nothing was more likely knowing him now as I do. And then we would throw snowballs at each other sometimes, a little ski flirtation, yes. Right out of a movie. Right out of a movie, <laughs> quite the meet cute. And I was tired of waiting, so one day he had two small children as his charges, and I hopped on the lift uh, with him and rode up and said, so um, Anna and Lee, her boyfriend, are we're in a bunch, a group, a group of us are going to martini bar if you want the old group of us the old group of us uh -huh. protects you from yeah. rejection uh if you want to go and so he came with us and we played uh ping pong and he's to this day very good at ping pong and pool and he's very good at pool and uh had a good time and the rest is history and there you go and there we go and so that's and you know we dated on and off we're never together together boyfriend girlfriend i don't remember when the label arrived um but he was always kind of looking for something a little bit better and was kind of not ready like not one foot out the door one foot out the door not really interested in having a girlfriend and if it was it would be one of the kiwis because he really liked a kiwi did that behavior make you go steven <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> like, I will convince you. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm just going to hold on. You will change your mind. Yeah. I'm sure of it. Um, so, you know, ups and downs and ons and offs. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's how I met Jamie. And there you go. And there we go. <laughs> um, so you start working in hospitality and mm-hmm. the luxury brand. Yeah. Is that a, the right phrasing? Yes, um, it is. And I, I, this, I guess, I think I know this at one point, but now I don't. How do you end up in Colorado then? So I moved to Colorado. We were only there for like a year and a half, okay. 18 months, um, right before we came to Michigan. And that was because the corporate office for my company was in Denver. And I wanted to do something else. I wanted to move up. I wanted to learn more. I wanted yeah. to be, I was tired of being remote and being by myself. So I had a little team there because one of our destinations where people, our, our um, guests would come and stay was there in Park City. So I was working face-to-face with guests and had eventually gotten to the point where I was in charge of a region. So, but most of my colleagues were in other places uh, and our corporate office being in Denver, you know, I didn't, had never really met those people much or interacted yeah. with them much and i wanted to try out the corporate structure and see what that was like going to did you miss the social aspects like yeah because it sounds like you really loved the the ski slope mm-hmm. life because it's this group of people yeah you're seeing them socialization yep and this was like the opposite of that and yep. when you are socializing you're doing it with the people that are paying you and yep. you have to have a certain persona <laughs> you gotta and, be on yeah yeah, no, uh, exactly. And that's what I wanted to um, ha- maybe make some new relationships and learn from those people. And we you talked. You were married before this. Yes. How long or when did you, when did you we got, get married? We got married in 2017. Okay. 16? It'll be seven years this maybe year. You know better than I do. <laughs> well, mm, I'm telling you. Um, and then, okay, so you're, yeah, you're married in. We're married, that, yeah. We'd been married for a few years and you. had moved to Denver, but uh, we decided we were going to move to Denver and had talked to the company and they're like, yeah, you can move to Denver. We decided that in, um, it would have been late 2019. Hmm. Yeah. And we were going to just like, okay, this will be our last winter season here because we, that's how we measured time because we're so I busy for winter. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so we're like, okay. <laughs> After this winter season, the 1920 winter season, we'll move. So we'll move in like April 2020. <laughs> and we know uh, what happened to that. Yeah. Yes. There was, there was a bad storm. There's a bad storm. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. So that'll we, mess your plans it, up. It messed us right up. So we did end up moving there, but we moved there in September uh, 2020. And still remote, I imagine, because... Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so that was like kind of a, kind of a waste. Yeah. I mean, the the um, office was still there, but there were maybe... It was an, an office that had maybe 100 and well, 150 people. Well, the business itself, people. I imagine, was pretty, it had picked, pretty down. It had picked up more than you'd think um, okay. because uh, we positioned ourselves as um, a place of how to travel safely mm. because it's... We had some places that were in hotels and some that were freestanding homes, kind of their own thing. And so you could still travel and feel safe that you were in your own space. Exactly. Um, So, and if you're ultra wealthy, 
you're usually pretty protected. You fly privately, you're you're gonna be fine. You got great insurance. Fine, you're yeah. gonna be okay. So I'm too rich to get sick. Too rich to be ill. Yes. Yes. Um like. we're buying stocks at a discount right now. Um so yeah, so that's how we ended up in Denver. And then um What did you, did you get to I mean it was like peak COVID, but did you get to experience Denver at all? Not at all. Okay. Not at all, really. Uh and we were in that's got that's got to be a big bummer. It was a big bummer. So it's like the place everyone wants to go to. <laughs> I know, I know. And when we when we found the place we were going to live, we were sort of trying to find a place to live. Um, when we weren't there, and the housing market was still you know churning really fast. Yeah. And if you weren't able to go to an open house and fill out a an application right then then you're not going then that's not you're not going to get to live there and trying to find places on craigslist or, or where listings were or figure out are you going to find a, a charming place in a walkable neighborhood that's not a serial not, killer date, oh, serial killer date uh, three thousand dollars a month so it just was it worked out that we picked one of those buildings that was the pictures are online and you can see the layouts and it's made by a developer and it didn't have a lot of character. It was very, it was nice. It was clean and update modern and had great amenities, but yeah. it was kind of out, not near anything and not great. So I'm curious what the feelings, I guess, behind, like you put all your time into this job. Mm -hmm. You honed these pretty specific skills. Mm hmm and then you're like, now I'm going to move to this new place, mm -hmm. Michigan. Yeah. Where I, I don't have any any social network. Right. Uh, I don't have this job anymore. Correct. I don't even know if I can get a job in that field. Right. Um, what's that look like? Because that's, <laughs> that's got to be both scary and then I imagine there's some level of loneliness at that point. Cause like you don't have your park city social life mm -hmm. for like 18 months. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't have much of an opportunity because of COVID to mm -hmm. like have much of a, that social connection in mm -hmm. Denver. And now you're going to somewhere where like, <laughs> it's, there's, there's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, definitely pretty lonely, but I have enough, hobbies and again sort of reading or all these escape uh escapisms yeah. to kind of keep me busy but yeah definitely that sort of loneliness but as far as moving to michigan uh we were i was ready by then i was ready to move on from this something company yeah. mm -hmm. uh, and do something else and i have enough confidence uh that like oh i could do anything People are going to hire me in a second. Yeah. It's going to be totally fine. I can do lots of stuff. I just need to figure out how to convince them that I can do anything. Yeah. Um, and then it took, you know, six or seven months to get, to get a job. Such is, um, life. such is life. But yeah, I felt really ready, really ready to make that move. And like, this is the right time. Things fell into place with my in-laws and the house where we live now. All these pieces kind of came together. And not only did we feel ready, but then all these things happened to make it pretty smooth and easy. And um, so I don't know. I'm not necessarily fatalistic or believing that 
these things happen for a reason, but things in my life generally just tend to kind of work out. Yeah. And so oh, nice. they did again. <laughs> Yet again, they just kind of worked out. How has your relationship with your siblings changed over the years of your adulthood? So my sister and I are a lot closer now. Um, I have a lot more empathy uh, for... You don't call and get her in trouble? Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Try to help her stay out of trouble. Um, but I would say that we're fairly, fairly close. I talk to them both regularly several times a week. And, um, you know, they're children and they're spouses. And it's tough because we're far away yeah. uh, from each other. But even if we were closer, it would probably be fairly similar. I'd have more interac- interactions, more birthday parties. and yeah. But just looking at how they interact with each other now, um, it's probably as close as. Um, Are they both in Florida? Yeah. Everybody's still in Florida but me. My okay. dad lives in um, sort of outside of Stewart, Florida, in a place called Jensen Beach. My mom and my Back sister. Up. What? Just burying the lead. Burying the lead. When did your parents get divorced? I was 30. I was 30. What? I know. Did you not so know that? Late. I think I knew they were divorced and I was waiting for that to pop up and then it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was 30. I was 30. So I was living in Park City when they when they got divorced. Yeah. So they uh, split acrimoniously, unfortunately, when I was 30. Um, and dad moved out and... Uh, just sort of ended was in central florida for a little bit and he had law i think he he got laid off um a number of years before that and was doing kind of freelance work um for a while and um you know the magazine business is not what it used to be and he's Amen. very yeah very expensive having worked there for 12 or 15 years or however long he'd worked there and um so yeah so they uh, divorce split and divorced and my mom stayed in kind of the our old stomping grounds our old neighborhood she lived in the house I grew up in for another three or four years maybe yeah. so yeah parents divorced 30 parents divorced 30 um, is that just like as a child yeah which is weird to say about a 30 year old mm-hmm. is that still like kind of shattering yeah, it was. It was. Uh, and it was shattering because uh, it was, that's when I realized my parents are just regular people. Oh, and I, see. There's yep, that point. There's that point. And I didn't, <laughs> not that I didn't know that, but you don't know. Yeah, yeah. You don't know that like, oh, they, you know, would make bad decisions or they handle things in a way that I totally disagree with or... Um, that if it were a friend of mine, I would say, what are you thinking? They're fallible. Uh, yes. Which yeah. was shocking, you yeah. know, to see it in practice. Yeah. Um, so that was disappointing. And then also, okay, well, what does this mean for me and our family? Does that family not exist anymore? Did and, that specifically have any impact on you and your siblings relationship? Like, did you guys get closer at that point? Yeah, I think we, we definitely did. Okay. We definitely got, got closer there and could commiserate with each other and share, how we were feeling or what, you know, our significant others would say about it and how we were dealing. My sister lived at home when they split. And I think that, I mean, I can't imagine. Yeah, that's a whole other experience. Yeah. And how terrible that is. And I still have not, uh, I haven't asked her or my mom about it because I know it was really bad and really hard time. And I'm grateful that I don't have to 
carry that. You know, once you know something like that, you can never unknow it. Yeah, yeah. And so what a gift that I don't have to know it. Yeah. So yeah, really grateful. whole other, whole other mm-hmm. experience. I think that's often dismissed by people. Um, and it took me, it took me a long time to find that empathy where like siblings specifically in a divorce situation, like obviously normally as kids, mm-hmm. the age difference can mean so like, mm-hmm. it is such a very different experience. My parents divorced when I was four, mm-hmm. but my brother was seven. Mm. Like, Does he remember a lot eight. more? Oh yeah. It was a completely different thing for him. When did you find that out? Like um, when you, when did you first discuss it? And he's like, no, mom and dad, this, or it was like um, that, or you don't remember that this is how it was. Well, I, so I interviewed him. You did. I haven't read. Oh, I haven't um, listened to that one. And was he in person or was it over the it phone? It was in person in Texas. When? Uh, two weeks before COVID. Okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll go back and I'll look it up. Um, it's, uh, it's on here I'll somewhere. look, we'll find um, it. But like yeah, the the age difference is so, and you don't think of it. I think on either side, I don't think he was like, oh, he feels. Oh, this he was way just a little because he was so yeah. little, and um, I think each one is like, this is my fucking experience. This is how it was. This is, yeah, um, and it's it's such a, I think a positive thing for relationships between siblings to recognize like our experiences, even though we like we're in the same house and same, same parents, like, very different. That's really true. Um, yeah. Which is, I mean, even without a divorce, it's very true. 100%. Yeah. And, and it's, it's such a, I have to imagine a lot of people don't get to the point where they recognize that. Mm. And I They're think not it, as uh, developed as we are. <laughs> we're so evolved. <laughs> the next 10 minutes is just going to be us talking like, about remember, how evolved oh, we gosh, are. we're so good at this. You know what's great? You and You me, know what's pretty wonderful great. about us <laughs> and how fantastic we are? Oh, so fantastic. Um, <laughs> it's because we've done the work. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's the it's it's the work. So you interviewed your brother, and you came um, to that realization too. But yeah, I don't know if I did before then, or if that was or, the impetus. If, yeah, I can't piece that together at the moment. But um, so all that to say, like, I applaud you for for recognizing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Even at that age, being the present party and of of. Of circumstances of like that, that terribleness yeah um, so yeah everyone's in florida your everyone's brother and your sister both have families now they do i'm the only one without so my brother has three sweet blonde blondie babies sweet blonde blondies um my sister has for brownies yeah <laughs> two gorgeous curly curly girlies and fries brownies and fries yep yep um and so between them there that's five so they they did all the work they made plenty of grandchildren you don't need to do anything nope. there's, there's, there's nope. plenty of kids there plenty of kids they've got lots to lots to do yeah. lots to keep my mom busy and um my dad's a little farther yeah um so they don't get to see him as much um but uh but yeah they all have their lives carved out there and it's cool to see them what they're doing with it and i try not to judge them and be like well making your choices i guess um again evolved what i know the most um but yeah so they're they're all still there which makes it handy for family trips because then you you get to go and see all the family and you've like got to see everybody at once instead of having to yep um You've been in Michigan a year now. Yeah. 
Do you feel like you're establishing? I do. I do feel like I'm establishing. I love our house. Yeah. I love it. I love being there. I love still finding things to make it just right. A lot of nesting. I love <laughs> a nesting. Imagining what other things we're going to do one day. That's awesome. Um, it's comfortable and cozy. It feels like our house, which yeah. is nice. Well, I feel like this is a house where we get to live and it's awesome. Yeah. And I'm so glad that I'm there, but it doesn't feel like, oh, this is our house yet. Do you miss the availability of stuff? Because I just, when I think of like Park City or yeah. Denver, it's like you can go do a bunch of stuff, you can eat a bunch of places, you can do it. And it's like, yeah. You're not in an area particularly <laughs> yeah. catered to. I do miss that. that. I've tried to find a watercolor class and it is not possible. Erica's so I do miss that. I do miss, and that was something a friend of mine asked me before when I said, oh yeah, one day we'll move to make sure. And she's like, um, once you get there, you realize that the family's there and you're going to live right by the parent, the your in-laws. It's going to be really hard to leave. Like trying to extricate yourself from that. It's not like, well, let's try, you know, let's try Raleigh. Let's, let's see how it is living in Charleston. Yeah. Um, and then if it doesn't work out, we can always move. It's, that's not what this is. So this is fear of yours, not or, a fear, but okay. something that I was prepared for that. Okay. Like, this is where it is yeah. and that this is how it's going to be, which is, and you know, I'm affable. I'm a, I'm a, I can bloom where I'm planted. Um, what a beautiful pretty place. well yes <laughs> and um so even though there are some things that i do miss i mean the mountains were beautiful the weather is incredible the the i miss the mountains and i've only vacationed <sighs> there <laughs> i know i know and they're amazing um and i do miss the all the different stuff you can do and the different restaurants you can do all that so i think the only thing that i feel like i still want to add to my life here is continuing to grow my social circle. So, I mean, if I hadn't met you and Erica, I think it would be in a very different place and not, and have felt like I really was missing. Thank God, I'm here. Thank God you're here. <laughs> really was missing that part of my life. And I, I would probably do more things like you said, like hinge or bumble BFF or whatever you do to try and oh, figure it out or, or take, be <laughs> yes, be cautious. take uh, sailing lessons. I don't know, whatever I do to try and, yeah, yeah. um, fill that need. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but otherwise I feel, I feel pretty settled and like, okay, I know without having to look at my GPS, how to get to your house. I know how to go um, get to work now. And I know that where Livonia is in relation to where, <laughs> so all these sort of places I'm like learning. So yeah. it feels, it feels settled. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. I, uh, I think we're similar in the way that like, if we're just left with, our own time mm -hmm. we can fill it with all sorts of random crap 100 percent. so i can always find yeah. something to do i can really look really look around hobbies galore something hobbies galore uh well that's i mean that's current that's do you, current do you have anything i are. didn't talk about that i think there's something I, I didn't talk about i don't think so i have two beautiful cats and a dog people yeah, do. really want to know about that um Love to garden. You gotta say their names. You can't yes. say two cats and a dog without saying Bella names. and Mr. Scabs and Dot. 
Bella's the dog. Mr. Scabs and Dot are the cats. I mean, that fills up a lot of time. Good reasons. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, but that's it. I feel like you're all caught up and now you know everything there is to know. And now we have a digital slice of life recording. That's right. Well, thanks for coming here. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. Hooray. Hooray. Hooray indeed. I was trying to do my impression of the British ski guy. Who's that? The guy that was like, don't tell my girlfriend. Oh, yeah. She's a ski instructor. She's a ski instructor. Don't tell her. He was more posh than that. (laughs) Don't tell her. Don't be telling my girlfriend (laughs) about my ski ski escapades. My ski capades. He's a cockney. I know. In your mind, he's a chimney sweep. (laughs) You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right. You just listened to my interview with Mariah. Yay. Mariah. (laughs) I'm actually, as I'm recording this, I'm going to go meet her for coffee in like an hour. So I'm super excited about that. And I'm excited that you got to meet her, meet her, hear her, hear her and meet her, heat her. (laughs) Um, I I just, I I found everything she told me so fascinating and it was so nice to find out more about somebody. Again, like I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, like there's just these little pieces that are pieces of who we are, right? Like there's stories that have helped shape how we view the world and we just don't hear those stories in day-to-day like organic conversation. Because typically, you know, you're you're catching up on the last week or two, or you're talking about what's currently relevant, right? Like if you're having some struggles at work or in your relationship or anything like that, that's the stuff you're talking about typically. You're not just like branching off into conversations um, about childhood and crushes and past jobs. Like sometimes that'll come up. It'll be like, oh yeah, that's like when I used to fold pants at Pacific Sunwear and you're like you worked at Pacific Sunwear and then that can you know obviously um but so many details that you don't end up realizing so thank you Mariah I loved that and I am looking forward to uh seeing you in an hour (laughs) uh on on a separate note I want to say thank you I won't do I won't put anyone on the spot but thank you to uh I got some really really nice messages about the podcast recently and if you are one of those people and you are listening to this, thank you so much. It, it means the world to me. I, I have to, as a gratitude practice, I try to hold on to these these messages, right? Because you can get really lost in the numbers. And I think it's so important to just like hold on to these, these hey, these episodes or this episode or this story, whatever it is, like really impacted me or helped me get through this, or I use this as a teaching to whatever it is. It means more to me than any number ever will. And I have to always remind myself of that and try to stay present and grateful. So I want to express that gratitude now. Um, and to anybody, you know, over the last, this is the fifth season And I've been uh, sporadically getting these messages for over four years, and I absolutely adore them. I have a pile of little thank you cards and gifts and stuff that I look at and 
just deeply, deeply appreciate it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you are affected or have been affected by any of these stories, I encourage you to, you know, tell a friend, share that, share that, pass it along. Um, at the very least, feel free to let me know too. <laughs> and we'll go from there. But thank you so much. I hope you guys have a great week and I will talk to you next week. Okay. Bye-bye.